Time to talk some football on Around the Gridiron with your host, this lady knows football. Just ask her. It's Marissa Boss. Last but not least, once this guy starts talking about football, it's hard to stop him. Brock Baker. Now here they are with Around the Gridiron. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Around the Gridiron. I'm Marissa Voss. You all already know that, though, and this is Brock Aker. How is your class? We were just talking about this before. Brock took a class that he definitely regrets. Um, how's that been going for you? Yeah, I'm I'm in the back half of my uh, college career as I'm getting a phone call right here from a sk- spam account. Uh, I, I'm in the back half of my college career, and homework is definitely catching up with me right now. I wish I could... Uh, do more focus on the NFL, but right now my mind's just crunched from some of these research projects that I've been going through. But it's nice now to get back to talking about football, which I actually enjoy. Yeah, instead of doing class, that was always the biggest thing is trying to manage doing football and this and hockey and everything in class on top of that. And ugh, college is another deal. Fun though. Let's talk about something that wasn't fun for me last night. Um, being a Minnesota Vikings fan, um, that was rough. That was really rough, Brock. I'm not going to lie. First half, um, and I was extremely hungover yesterday, so I was such a drag. I was like, what's going on in the last fourth quarter? But I saw for the majority of the game, and it was we were looking really good, and I think the turning point that happened in last week's game, even though um, we won versus this week's game, is that those key components go out, and we're just different. Dalvin Cook went out with a suspected, I think, is a groin injury. Um, went out like the third quarter. Um, we were not the same after that, either third or first half or whatever. He went out. We were not the same after that. Alexander Hamilton, um, Madison only could do so much. I almost said Alexander <laughs> Hamilton from <laughs> like one of the founding fathers. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm a big Hamilton fan for the musical. So that's why, but Alexander Madison, he did really, really good, but he's no Dalvin Cook. You know what I mean? And with him going out, I think that really hurt this Vikings team. And even though the defense, the Seattle Seahawks defense is absolute garbage, still couldn't be enough. And we were making timely mistakes as always and getting in the fourth quarter and letting, having a lead and blowing it. I feel like we should just be called the Falcons right now because we're looking like we just get that lead and we just blow it. Brock, what were your initial thoughts on that? And the biggest thing I guess you could say is the field goal that we should have taken and we didn't take, which was Mike Zimmer especially with Dan Bailey being basically perfect for the, that night. First off, is most of the bars in Minnesota closed or? No, no, uh, they're, open. no they're all restrictions. They're open, but they're all under restrictions. So it just depends on like how many people there are and like how much you can get in. But majority of them are just open, but it's like capacity kind of a thing. Well, you'd think after last night, they would be filled up to how much they can have with the restrictions. So that was a pretty depressing night I think that the Vikings I thought they were actually going to go win the football game going into Sunday night I just felt something that they're going to win but when they're up 13 nothing it's the weirdest thing at halftime I thought they were going to lose now uh, just because when Minnesota has something that you think they're going to win they lose and usually vice versa they win that's why I thought they were going to win but since they had that lead I just knew they were going to blow up then however you bring up the Mike Zimmer thing with them at the nine yard line, fourth and inches. I absolutely agree with Mike Zimmer going for it right there. If you would have saw the replay, Madison had an easy touchdown. If you would have just bounced that outside, 
if they didn't get it or if they did kick the field goal, there's no doubt in my mind that the Seahawks would have won the game still. They would have had less yards to go downfield to get a touchdown. And then the two-point conversion isn't wasn't game deciding after they got the touchdown. You can say, well, they didn't get the two-point conversion. Well, there wasn't that stress that or the amount of focus they needed to get that because they knew they pretty much won. If they would have gotten that touchdown, I think they would have gotten the two-point conversion because they would have been had their best play whatever since they scored there and they didn't do that I don't think they ran the best two-point conversion play I think you can get mad at Zimmer but I think you get mad at Zimmer for his defense letting him go under two minutes to go at the four or five yard line or whatever 90 what five yards 96 yards that big fourth down conversion Dantzler I don't know what he was doing uh back to the ball like you know he's gonna stop there they just needed the first down I just you expected that if you're a Minnesota fan, I think everyone expected they were going to lose, especially after that touchdown. They stopped them three and out in the second half, but then the Vikings went three and out when Dalvin Cook got hurt. I think 90% of the Vikings fans knew they were not going to win that game, and I think they were surprised that they even got the lead back. Yeah, and it's really hard with being a Vikings fan right now because it, that game overall was surprising. Um, You've got to look at it, though, as a way of the Seattle Seahawks defense was bad. But Minnesota Vikings defense did pretty damn good of containing Russell Wilson, getting sacks on him, going after him, especially even without Hunter and Barr. I mean, I was impressed with them. And then they just made timely mistakes. As I said in the past, fourth quarter, young, get tired. Like, what are you doing? We had, we had like two, two cornerbacks just fall on plays, like over nothing, just like fell and tripped unacceptable. And they're all, they're both young guys, you know? So it, it was kind of that kind of thing of like dancer. What are you doing? Like these cornerbacks are making these timely mistakes in crunch time, just falling, tripping over themselves. Um, that's something that you shouldn't do, but at this point, what, who can we put in? We don't, our, our defense is what it is at this point. And that's really unfortunate. I think that, um, you know what, you know, what's interesting. My dad said this yesterday for on two point conversions for the year. We have not thrown like Kirk cousins, not thrown a single two point conversion. He hasn't even tried to attempt, especially with him running. I thought a little bit, that was a designed play. It was a designed play to have Kirk run up, run in and try to get that two point conversion. But my thing is Kirk, you're not a strong runner. It's different. If you're a Cam Newton or Russell Wilson, even a Tom Brady, you're not that strong of a runner. Um, the play itself, I didn't think was that good of a thing. I think maybe I get, you don't have Delvin, but I mean, Madison proved that he could have done it. So I think overall there was a lot of good points in that game. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to belittle the fact that there wasn't good points. We looked electric in the first half, but Delvin went out. We weren't the same team. Um, if we would have won that game, there would have been a lot of momentum and good things happening, but obviously we lost by one and that one is a sucker punch, but yeah, I'm all about being aggressive, but I thought that going for two there, too, I think you need to do a better play. But honestly, even being aggressive, you saw how well you're moving against the Seahawks defense. Uh, I don't think you expected to shut out the Seahawks the rest of the game. I'd think about doing an extra point there, even though you'd still be down by one. Just the fact is, you know, there's still going to be more scoring. It's not like, oh, if you don't go for two right there, the game is over. If you, you can't score anyways, you're pretty much done. And if they would have done that, they would have been, what, 27 to 21. And then if they would have kicked the field goal, it would have been a two-possession game and the game over. 
So a lot of stuff you can, it's hindsight 2020. Yep. They just didn't get it done. But again, it still goes back to the fact that you still allowed them to drive 94 yards with what one timeout under two minutes to go. Yep. Still, there still is no excuse of just letting them do that. No, there's never an excuse. And especially with, you can give me all you want on, oh, it, you're going against Russell Wilson. Oh, you're going against this. It doesn't matter. Look how much we sh like shut him up in the first half. It doesn't matter who we're going against. You're going against Matt Calf and I don't care. We shut them up, right? If you can do that in the first half, you should be able to do that in the second half. And you shouldn't, it, it, it's, it's kind of those things where, you know, at this point, and one thing that pisses me off, okay, we've got a guy in our fantasy and I've gotten into bras, you know, little spit talks with him and a lot of other people. It, there's a hashtag going around tank for Trevor. I'm not a huge fan of that. I know, I know what the thing is. We were, and even my roommate was like, yeah, this guy's a, says he's a Vikings fan, but he wants him to go own 16 this year. I was like, it's because he wants Trevor Lawrence because then we get the first overall pick in the draft and they think that this is going to be an amazing thing. I'm not sold on it. Yeah, I, they're I, not going to lose. The New York teams are probably not going to win many games this year. So exactly. either way, you're not going to get Trevor. Mm -hmm. However, the Vikings, they're in a tough spot with Spielman and Zimmer now. They gave him contract extensions after watching uh, these first few games. I don't know how confident they're in that. So the Vikings are in a... They're in a weird position because if they have Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr healthy, whoa, their team exactly. is legit. However, there's still a lot of, you don't know if that's secondary, Kirk Cousins, the offensive line, that Samia right guard's awful. There's still some parts where you're like, this might need some rebuilding time here. You might need to get a new quarterback, but there's some parts where you're like, you could win now. And I think the Vikings had every chance in the world to still make the playoffs if they would have won last night. The disappointing thing is too, given up that drive, usually in Seattle on a Monday night or Sunday night, it's some bogus call that goes the Seahawks way. I mm -hmm. think for the first time, the Seahawks not only beat the Vikings, but it wasn't a stupid field goal or the refs. It was actually... Russell Wilson yeah. was Russell Wilson and they just beat him. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with that, honestly. And Seattle is a tough place to go. Um, what we're we talked about a little bit about injuries and in there and quarterbacks, whatever, but let's talk about a really hard injury that happened. A lot of prayers are going up obviously to Dak Prescott because that injury looked insane. What was it? It was like a compound ankle. Cracked with a dislocated yeah. ankle. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> like that's like the how I look when I'm hung over like bench as fuck like <laughs> and like drunk like just like it was it was so crazy and to see him like so emotional getting carted off is is something that you don't want obviously we all want to watch people but this year there are so many injuries it, it almost seems like record-breaking and obviously now we ha that enforces the fact that we need that preseason because as much as we want football there's there's guys getting injured for this. I mean, come on, but struggling team that even with Dak, they pulled out the win over the giants. It was close though. So close to that upset. So close, but I didn't get it. But um, having Dak be out for probably the season, if not, maybe towards the tail end, he'll come back. What does that mean for this Cowboys team, Brock? The Cowboys, I think, are still the favorite to win this division. I think Tony Romo being there, he said he hoped that it was a cramp when Dak's ankle, you could see, was dislocated. Yeah, I was uh, like, uh, no. He made me laugh in a, in a 
definitely a kind of a dark situation there. That's kind of hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Dak Prescott's coming back this year. I, I feel for him with the franchise tag. There's no guarantees of who he's going to be playing for next year. It sounds like the Cowboys love him, but you never know. You saw that once Bridgewater went down, he never really had another chance with the Vikings, no matter that I don't think anyone was loved more by fans or his teammates was Bridgewater and he was done. Uh, so the for feature after this year, I think it, you just don't know. Now this year, how far can the Cowboys go? I definitely think they still have every chance of winning this division. The Eagles played the Steelers tough yesterday, but they still lost. One still throwing some interceptions. I think Andy Dalton's a viable player. He, he led the Bengals to so many playoffs, not playoff wins, but that's perfect for the Cowboys, right? Making the playoffs and not winning. That's what the Cowboys are known to do, and that's what Andy Dalton does. So it's a, a perfect marriage in my opinion. Why not do that? <laughs> so I expect the Cowboys to win the division and then lose the game first game in the playoffs. So I think Zeke's going to be back to one of the best uh, fantasy running backs now. He was supposed to be, but with McCarthy and Dak, they tended to just throw the ball for 400 yards. Mm -hmm. I think Amari Cooper stock goes down. I think CeeDee Lamb still has some report with Dalton. I think he's still a receiver too. Michael Gallup, when you think about fantasy, he's a boomer bust. But yeah, I really think it hurts Amari Cooper. But most in fantasy-wise, uh, just regular-wise, I still see the Cowboys winning their division and losing right away. So you talk about Amari Cooper. That's bad for fantasy. Would you advise people to maybe drop him if you have him? I wouldn't drop him. I don't think he's a top 12, top 10 receiver like many people drafted. I think he's a back-end top 20 receiver now. Yeah, definitely don't drop him, uh, but temper your expectations uh, for sure. He's not going to be putting up top 10 numbers, I don't think, uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about someone who made that comeback, had a debilitating injury, kind of similar to Dak, but made that comeback and fought his way back. Alex Smith getting some action sooner than we thought was really funny for me to see him on the field. Cause I was like, wait, we just talked about this. Like we were like, we just talked about this in the pod. Um, you know, I don't know, Brock, I, I think you were like, I don't know if he's going to get some times here soon, but then you have Kyle Allen going down and you have all of this stuff and Smith makes his debut. I was happy to see him in. How were your thoughts? I mean, how do you think he did, especially ha what having like, what is it like two years off from his injury or since that happened? Yeah, it was, it's been about two years now, definitely. I, I did not understand. I understand he put Alex Smith in when Kyle Allen went down with what they were checking him out as a concussion. And he's their only backup because Haskins wasn't active due to the stomach bug. So I understand why you had to put in Smith, but Kyle Allen got cleared to go back in, but they stuck with Alex Smith. I think he, he still wasn't ready yet. You move to Kyle Allen, you talk him up this whole week about, well, we can get win this division now with Kyle. That's why we made the switch. So why are you not putting him back in when he got hurt in the second quarter? You're giving him up off for the first quarter and a half. I didn't understand that. Alex Smith, it's good to see him on the field, but he's still is a work in progress. It's just a remarkable, remarkable. He was on the field to begin with, uh, but you can see there getting sacks. Not that Alex Smith that we know of that can escape the pocket. He's one of the most athletic quarterbacks that people don't think of. He can run. He did not look like he could do that much yesterday. He's mainly just a pocket presser like an Eli Manning and Tom Brady. And I think that definitely affects Alex Smith for going forward. I don't see him as an NFL starting quarterback. I know it's just one game, but I just don't see it because what made Alex Smith was him being able to evade the pocket and throw on the run and like that. He's not 
a Tom Brady that can make a career out of just sitting in the pocket. So I, I think the Redskins need to go back to Kyle Allen. Love Alex Smith for all the work he's done, but he's not an NFL quarterback no more. It's unfortunate because um, of the injury he had and the comeback story and the amazing and everything, but there's no way to simulate what you go through in the NFL in rehab. There's no way to get that sort of feeling. You can do all of these things and wear the wraps and work at it and hustle, but there's no way that you can get tackling people and throwing on the play and trying to get who you were back after a debilitating injury time and time and time and time again, we see in the NFL, obviously Teddy Bridgewater, Robert Griffin, the third, Alex Smith, all of these components. I'm worried about Dak too. I'm worried about Dak. If he's going to fall into that regime as well. So it'll, I think exactly what you said. He wasn't, he wasn't ready. And I just don't understand because you, you can't put him in that. You can't put him in that situation, especially him being so fragile still maybe. And Kyle Allen was ready. Like that's exactly what you said. Like I never understood that. It's like it's like us. It's like it's like okay. It was like us last night. If we didn't put Dalvin Cook in to at least try, and he's like, "No, I'm good," and we just didn't even put him in. We're like, "No, you're good." It's kind of like that situation. Obviously, we didn't. He looked not good, so I'm very doubtful if he's going to be even playing next week. But that was one of the things that I agree with you on. That let's talk about a little bit. I just want to say one thing quick here that they said Dwayne Haskins, uh, Dwayne Haskins, according to a CBS reporter, is going to be traded before the trade deadline here in this next two weeks. I'm interested to see the people, uh, the Vikings obviously aren't fond of Kirk Cousins. I wonder, since the Vikings have so many draft picks that multiple twos and threes, how about if they throw away a third round pick for Haskins and just see what he can do in a much better situations with weapons around him. I don't know. I think that's just going to be interesting to see where Haskins may end up because it does look like his time is done in Washington. And there's really not many other uh, quarterback spots where you can think that he may plan. You know, the bears have a bad situation, but they're winning right now. So they're not going to need him with the Vikings losing now. uh, You don't know what Kurt, what's the plan is. I think they want to keep him, but I don't know. It's just interesting. No, it's interesting to think about this because let's like, I actually think about this. Like, okay, so you have the Dolphins and they have Fitzpatrick. Um, and Tua. And Tua, exactly. So they're, he's not going to go there. Obviously, you mentioned the Bears. He's Lions aren't going to want him. What, do you get the Jets? What about the Jets? I mean, I don't know if the Jets will do that. What do they have? Pot to piss in. So you could go maybe to them. They, the giants aren't going to really want him either. I mean, so it is, it is interesting. And I, for me, we're already talking about quarterback spots. I think if we get him, the whole place will erupt. <laughs> like, like the state will be like, what the fuck is going on? We get Heisman after blood. Like, so for me, I, I'm doubtful if we take him just because we're so big on Kirk Cousins. Because, because because he shows good moments, right? He shows good moments. Like last night, he showed good moments. Other moments, it was like you were literally, why did you do that? That interception was awful. Yeah, to oh, it. my God. That interception was so bad. Like, I could it's feel just, better. It was, a, it was great by him to catch that. Like, but it was so underthrown. It was so underthrown. And it's just you're, you're an NFL quarterback. And he, ditch, he dishes shit, like, low all the time. He tries yeah. to just get it out and dish it. And yes, it sucks because our O-line doesn't protect him, so he gets sacked a lot, and a lot of people want to go after him, but our O-line, O-line doesn't protect him at all, so 
what is he supposed to do with that? And again, he's not good at evading the tackles. I was just thinking upside just because uh, the Vikings, what they have double digit amount picks, like throwing a yep. third round pick, like for Rosen, what they did just to see, I don't know. Just, I, I just think that was interesting. interesting. No, definitely interesting topic that needed to be brought up. Something that needs to be brought up right now is how shook I am because the Raiders, the Raiders beat the chiefs. If you, we did not, I did not see that happening. Did not see that happening with all the components that the chiefs have, which I even talked about this, you know, Raiders have a really tough schedule, but they, they backed that shit up. They said, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Derek Carr was like, mm-hmm. Really, really impressive win. Um, what did you think about that? Were you as shocked as I was? Even to see it tied, I was like, what the fuck? Are you a little bit like, what, what's up with yeah, I don't think anyone. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw the Raiders beating them other than if you're a Raiders fan. Mm-hmm. However, if you watched Monday Night Football against the Saints, Derek Carr had some deep ball options where he just wouldn't throw it deep. He's more of that Sam Bradford. I, I explained he just likes to dump it off, which is why Darren Waller gets so many catches at the tight end position. Uh, he dumps it down to Richard and stuff like that. Well, yesterday, John Gruden must have said something to him, like, you're not going to win this game if you don't throw the ball deep and we make some explosive plays against the Kansas City Chiefs. So instead, he started throwing – deep balls and I think he had what multiple 50-yard touchdown passes yesterday which they hadn't had since 1996 I saw that stat if the Raiders can do that consistently because we already told you I told I talked about Henry Ruggs coming back would be huge because they would have to put that single eye safety on him so they wouldn't get burned deep well he was back but they didn't do what I thought the Chiefs would do and put that safety back they still piled in on Jacobs and Waller so it was just one-on-one on the outside with Aguilar and Ruggs, and they burned their guy, and it was deep ball touchdown city. So that was really interesting that the Chiefs decided to still just single guard these guys. And the, the speedsters, Aguilar and Ruggs, just won those, those deep routes, and all of a sudden the, the Raiders scored 40 points and got their first win in Arrowhead for a while, long time. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big turning point, I even think, for the Chiefs too, is thinking, okay, well – they were the guys, right? They are still are the guys, right? They're four and one, still the guys. But right now you're thinking, shit. Like I was, I'm not going to lie. If there's a team where you're saying they're almost perfect, but they're going to get a couple losses. I would have said the Chiefs. Don't know, couldn't really back that up as of why, but like there's just something about them where they let games get too close and they're not super dominant. They are, but they aren't. You know, it's kind of like a Seahawks or, or whatever, you look, can look at the Packers, and that's not really the same with the Packers or any other team. So for for me, I'm not surprised that they lost. I am surprised, but I'm not surprised. And again, I can't really back up why I said that. Sometimes I just have these things where I'm like, you know, this is how I feel. We'll no, definitely. This, the Chiefs very well and should be two and three right now, not yeah. four. They should be two and three. They, I'm not crazy. I'm like, I was like, I'm not, I just have this feeling that I'm like, I'm not crazy. No, Justin Herbert decided to throw a deep ball in the third quarter against them instead of running for an easy first down, which really uh, turned the momentum to the Chiefs. And then still later that game, Tyreek Hill got that one touchdown. He took his helmet off. They didn't call a penalty for unsportsmanlike like they should have. 
So they went for two at the two-yard line, got it, and got within three, and then Mahomes tied it up with a field goal late. They didn't get that two. If they called that penalty, they'd be at the 17-yard line. They would have had to kick an extra point and couldn't – they would have needed a touchdown at them instead of a butcher field goal. That could have easily lost that game. You look at the Patriots, if Cam didn't get COVID, no way the Patriots lose that game. We literally turned the ball over three times, a pick six. Poor year screwed up before halftime. We had no offense, but we shut down the Chiefs for most of that game. I think we would have won that game with Cam Newton. And then you lost to the Raiders. Very well. Could be two and three. You back that up with the Seahawks, too. Cam Newton, one yard line. Makes that play, they win. You look at the Vikings yesterday, Madison bounces it out. They won the game. The Seahawks could be three and two. So you got to feel like Chiefs and Seahawks, you got to love that you have Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, but you definitely don't feel as confident as you were these maybe this past week because there are a lot of glaring issues with the offensive line and the defense and some just inconsistencies on that route. I don't think they can feel like they're superior in either conference. And matter of fact, I think the best teams in the AFC is probably the Steelers and the best team in the NFC right now, I would say is the Packers. Uh, so totally different than we maybe thought of a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. I think, and this is, this is something that we didn't, this is football, right? But this is dealing with the pandemic and having everything. This is going to be a little different. There's no preseason. We don't know how things are going to rape, rape out, but <laughs> you don't know how things are going to pan out. I mean, um, yeah, it, 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 that doesn't shock me that you have those two teams. It doesn't shock me that we are way off. Obviously, our picks are going to be a little different. Um, something that is another kind of pairing with that huge upset that I want to talk about is, is Nick Foles back? Is Nick Foles back, like, as just a good quarterback? Not as an underdog, not as a comeback kid, not as a let me stay. Like, is he back as a consistent, steady quarterback for this Bears team? Because they beat the Bucks and Tom Brady and everything. Is could that stir up this conversation? I mean, I think it does. What do you think? I, I I'm not confident in Nick Folds. They shouldn't have won that game. There's so many um what penalties, what the Buccaneers had like 12 penalties for over a hundred yards, which led to a couple of touchdowns from them. And then also the field goals, the Buccaneers stalled out. The defense for the Bears really helped them win that game. Yes, Foles made some nice plays, especially down the stretch to Montgomery to lead to that final field goal to give them that lead. However, I, I I still think the Packers definitely will win that that division and the Bears will struggle uh, to make the playoffs in that wild card. I still don't see them as a playoff team. and uh, I, I don't trust Nick Foles, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people can – it's it's hard for me because Nick Foles has always been that come come in like it more lately he was like talked about as like you know that's the guy like he's pretty consistent he's pretty this he's pretty that and I never would want to place my money on uh Nick Foles like I wouldn't there's no way even I'd rather have Carson Wentz as you know whatever that sounds or I'd rather have a Tom Brady obviously or I'd rather have uh maybe even a Kyle, Kyle Allen. Like those are things that I kind of like, I just don't trust him that much. There is one thing I, um, how did Gronk, I didn't watch much of this game. I worked all day. So I only could really keep up to date on the Vikings game, even though I've seen the stats and everything else. How did Rob do 
Because I know you predicted him last pod to have that breakout game. Did he have a breakout game in this game? Or were you a little he, bit? He had three catches for uh, 52 yards. He didn't have the greatest game. It was a tough matchup. He's still not quite to that form, that normal Gronk. Michael Strahan said it best on that pregame show Thursday night is you can't party as much as him doing all the different things he did this last week and get back to the NFL and be in shape right away. It might take him a year to get back to that form because uh, you saw the things he was cheering with the Los Angeles Lakers cheerleaders. He's just in Miami drinking and the storm having a good old Gronk time that that can really beat your body up a little bit uh especially conditioning wise and he's just hasn't quite got there so I'm, I'm cooling the brakes off a little bit about Gronk definitely don't draw I wouldn't drop him I think maybe he is at his best when it's fantasy most important part of fantasy in the playoffs late in the season so I'd hold him on for that but right now he, he's probably not quite a top 10 option like I thought he may after the O.J. Howard injury after watching Thursday night. Granted, it was a tough defense. He still just doesn't look quite like the old Gronk we know. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you on that. I mean, obviously, alcohol is a depressant, and you take all of those and you party left and right, and it's going to beat your body up. It's actually basically if you do too much of it, you're killing, you're killing your body. Absolutely. And football is a, as much as – it's an entertainment for us. Football is a full-time job for these players. You've got to be on your A game. You've got to work all season. That is even why Trey Lance, um, for the NDS, former NDSU quarterback, Marshall native, Marshall, Minnesota, oh, so amazing to watch him. I don't know if you ever saw – you probably didn't hear in South Dakota. He played our football team so – he's so athletic. Like, it's crazy. But he actually was like, I'm not coming back to NDSU. I'm declaring for the 2021 draft. And he's focusing all his time towards that draft. That's the kind of thing that this sport demands. It and would be awesome to just look at this past year of what TB12, his method, his diet, Tom Brady, what he's put in his body, and Gronk, yes. what he's put in the body. <laughs> yeah. like, That'd be really quite the difference. be amazing to see that because we, like, we all know where Gronk's been, like, he he said he's like I don't want to do it anymore. You know my body hurts and that. I'm like, what? come on, come on, you're Gronk. Like you've got over under 21 and a half uh, shotgun beers he's done in the last year. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to know. Like, <laughs> and how are you not like? Obviously he's in the NFL, so he's not like fat, fat. But I'm like Jesus, Gronk, slow down, come on. But let's talk about something that a little bit switched and. Um, Downhill slope like Gronk in his drinking, not in his drinking, but in the mustache magic. We've got Gardner Minshew losing to the Texans and the Texas Texan Texans gaining their first win. Um, you know, this doesn't shock me. I'm not super surprised. Jaguars are going on a downhill slope. I never expected them to be even have that much momentum as they have had but how are you thinking looking at the Jaguars right now and even thinking like wow obviously we thought because I, I think I went for the Jaguars I don't think I went for the Texans in this game I think I went for the Jags I think you went for the Texans um talk to me a little bit about are you surprised I guess is what I'm getting at are you surprised there's a downhill slope are you surprised there's no Minshew mania and magic right now like it's a dead dead no. dead dead 
I'm not surprised. I actually think I have the Jaguars going on 16 in our preview show. I was surprised they knocked off the Colts right away. They, I saw the stat. They're the first team ever to lose uh, four straight games to winless opponents. Uh, so you saw the Texans were 0-4. They lost to the Dolphins. I know they were 0-2. I don't remember who they played last week, but it was someone that was 0-4. Did they lose to the Jets? Jets. No, not the Jets. Let's we look this up? Let's look this up. The Jaguars. Because uh, honestly, that's, that's a statistic if we're going to talk about it. I well, let's see. The Bengals. Okay. And the Titans, yeah. because the But the Titans won week one. It was three yeah. straight. That's what it was. Three straight games three to straight. teams okay. that haven't won. So they lost to the 0-2 Dolphins, 0-3 Bengals, and then the 0-4 Texans. Uh, at least they get the Lions next week. That's one again, so they might have a chance. But, no, I don't expect the, yeah, the Jaguars to be that good uh, this year. I liked how Deshaun Watson finally bounced back yesterday. Brandon Cooks was everything they hoped for when they signed him. Will Fuller got into the end zone. So, all of a sudden, uh, what Bill O'Brien, some of the offseason acquisitions he got, actually did good once he left, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not super shocked that they lost this game. I'm just super shocked that they were started up so hot and they're just like dumpster fire right now. Obviously, it's Gardner Minshew and there's not much you can do with him and it's he is who he is and the Jaguars are who they are, but it's just kind of like yikes. You know, the te- you, Texans are looking like not the greatest, but I expect, I guess I expected them to win more because obviously they've won more games than the Texans. The Texans were on four. Now they're one and four. Like, you know what I mean? So for me, I'm just, that's a little interesting to me. What I will say about this is David Johnson is making me so upset because I put him in my fantasy one week and he's like, good. And I put him in my fantasy like the next week and he's bad. So he is having a really tough time right now with this Texan team and even being put on, you're really going to look at me and tell me that you're not going to get some good yardage and you're not going to make some plays against this Jaguars defense. They're not even like, you know what I mean? I'm like, come on. So that's one thing with me that, that, that frustrated me that he has been also on a downhill slope. Yeah, definitely uh, not what people hope for, especially after week one. I think James Robinson also in that matchup had a good matchup against the worst rush defense in the Texans, and he uh, kind of screwed fantasy owners this week. Oh, also, yeah, so it was definitely not a good a game for the backs. He got me like four points, and he's usually like fifteen. I was like, you were supposed to pop off. Like they really projected like twelve or whatever points, and it, my fantasy was not good this week. It made me want to die on the inside. Definitely, definitely had 17 points on the bench. We love that, Brock. We really love that. Yeah, I need Kamara to drop 15. I'm going against the other guy that's tied with me. I'm down 134 to like 120, and he's done. I got Kamara, so we'll see if I'll stay undefeated. Let's talk about someone else who just shit the bed of fantasy for me and has been doing amazing. Jarek McKinnon, 0.50 points on that game mainly because they got murdered by the dolphins put it in the body bag throw it over the shoulder throw it in a lake 
49ers are done. Like, come on. They're not doing good. And you can tell the 49ers are not the same or anything comparable without Jimmy G. And honestly, a preseason, this team is riddled with injuries. I and mean, it's the same story. We're hitting it over the head again and again, Brock, but they're just well, Jimmy G even started yesterday. And they did, he, did he actually? Yeah, he got benched at halftime. He was seven for like 17 and three picks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. That, so, so you're telling me that this team had Jimmy G and they still sucked, Dick? Yeah, that's that's the talk that they they don't know what the plan is at quarterback. The funny thing is that, is that Tom Brady wanted to go to San Francisco. The Niners were trying to trade Jimmy G, but they thought they weren't getting respected uh, offers at all. They weren't getting anything for Jimmy G, so uh, they decided they couldn't do it with Brady. They weren't just going to cut Jimmy G for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of what conservative on that spot, like, oh, oh, if we can't get anything, we better not do it, I guess. Uh, but they're definitely regretting it as Brady definitely would have made these Niners a Super Bowl contender still. I had the Niners winning their division. I thought Jimmy G was still going to be adequate. They said it was his ankle is the reason why they benched him, so they didn't really bench him. They just thought he struggled just because of the ankle injury. He wasn't fully over it, but I'm not really buying that. No. So I I think the Niners definitely now all of a sudden – I might go from we talk about teams going worst to first. They went worst to first last year, and now I think they're going to go wor- first or worst, first to worst backwards. Sorry about that. Yeah, exactly. it's kind of an ugly situation. No, that's it's again, like I said, I couldn't watch much of football because I'm a busy woman on Sundays, which is the worst thing ever to work Sundays. Oh, I hate it so much. But that's just shocking to me that they could have then started. They started Jimmy G, and they still were bad. And you know, now now you got to wonder: Are they gonna? Who do they have? What's their quarterback scenario? What's their quarterback situation? I really want to know. I think everyone wants to know what they're gonna do. But obviously, 49ers are not that hot right now. I would still keep Jared McKinnon because he's been really good. Besides the fact of last night, um, he didn't get much, but he's been getting me. So if you have him in fantasy, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him by any means. He's been consistent over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to talk about. Well, talk- Raheem Mostert it was a big part of him struggling too. Raheem Mostert oh, yeah. had like points. So he's their starting running back now. Mostert is. I, I agree with you. I wouldn't drop McKinnon, uh, but I definitely wouldn't be putting him in my starting lineup as we go forward. Definitely uh, wait and see how this running back situation shakes out a little more. Cause right now it does seem like Mostert definitely has the upper hand. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go now. We talked a little bit about, obviously, Jimmy G benching for an ankle injury. But let's talk about some real-time injury reports in a little bit of segment we got called really classy original injury reports. So Dak Prescott, obviously, is the first major one. We talked about this one. Dalvin Cook, I was – he looked different when he came back from maybe pulling or doing something with his groin or not sure. All of a sudden he made a slight gesture to his groin and wasn't looking the same. So I would say, I don't know. I'd be very, watch your fantasy on that. Watch him because I'm not sure if he's going to come back. Kyle Allen obviously had that injury, but then he was back in the game. So that's nothing to worry about there. Anthony rush. So this one is a little bit interesting. He is actually a defenseman. For, he's a defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, and he was questionable to return in Sunday night's game. This goes a little bit of hand-in-hand with Brock and I were talking about, but this is hard for an already riddling and already bad 
Seattle defense. So to have him go out is rough. But who did they just sign that you said, Brock? Uh, Snack Saracen, deep tackle, uh, known from the Giants. He played with the Lions the last couple of years. They signed him to this practice squad. He wasn't active yesterday, uh, but it looked like he was uh, in the owner's suite yesterday, last night while I was watching the game. So expect him to maybe be active this week for the Seahawks to try to be able to stop the run a little bit here uh, going into next week after they gave up a lot of yards to Cook and uh, Madison. Absolutely. I think that he will potentially help this defense and try to make it better than what it is. And the last one we have is Sammy Watkins. He went out in the game and that one hits a little bit harder, but not at the same time because he popped off in the first week and I was so excited. And then he just kind of went. So that one's a little big, but not really. I would just say, keep him on your bench for your fantasy. Like I've been doing, if you have him and then we'll see how that works out. So now switching from IR injury report to Brock Akers, waiver wire ads. Take it away, Brock. Yeah, waiver wire ads. Number one is easy. Alexander Madison, we don't know Delvin's cook. It sounds like he's going to have an MRI today. Uh, if he's out for any time, Alexander Madison is a top 10, top 12 play for sure. An RB1, as you let know, Gary Kubiak likes to hand the ball off to his running backs. Madison did do good in his short time yesterday against the Seahawks. We wish he would have bounced it out there at the end on that fourth and inches to win the game. Uh, but opportunity, especially this year with all the running backs down, Alexander Madison, if he's still available in your league, definitely have him as your number one wa waiver priority. Number two is Chase Claypool, four touchdowns yesterday. I had Deontay Johnson hoping he'd go off against the Eagles. He got hurt right away in the game. So Chase Claypool took that role and had four touchdowns, three receiving, one rushing. I don't think you're going to see any more four touchdown games for Claypool, but I definitely think he deserves to be owned in all leagues and a flex option this week and for however long Deontay Johnson is out. Travis Fulham scored a big touchdown to win the game against the San Francisco 49ers. Last week, this week, he had 15 targets, 150 yards, a touchdown against a tough Steelers defense. Even with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson probably coming back, Travis Fulham looks like a beast, big receiver. You know, once, this is his number one target right now. Wentz keeps looking towards him. He could be a flex option uh, for the foreseeable future as well. Number four, or four and five are kind of two old fantasy players that used to be really, really good top-tier fantasy assets. But now they're kind of aging and people thought they're washed up, but they're coming off a good week. And I see them as possible starts for the foreseeable future, starting with Brandon Cooks. He got over 100 yards yesterday, a touchdown to Sean Watson. Looked like all he was looking at was Brandon Cooks, especially with how bad that Texans defense is. The Texans will probably be behind in most games and Cooks and Watson uh, could get you a lot of garbage points on top of that. And then number five, Jimmy Graham. Looked awful with the Green Bay Packers the last couple of years, but Nick Foles has an eye on him in the red zone. He had a nice one-handed touchdown against the Buccaneers on Thursday night football. He had two other touchdowns thrown to him by uh, Nick Foles against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago. That's in the tough tight end position. Jimmy Graham should be owned and possibly started in most leagues going forward. Beautiful. As always, chef's kiss. And now we're going to go to our last segment. Would you rather? Okay, I'm going to start it out. Would you rather pick Teddy Bridgewater or Justin Herbert as your QB? Brock, what are you taking? I would be taking Teddy Bridgewater in this situation. I think 
a lot of people might be in this situation as with Dak Prescott going down a lot of quarterbacks, Matt Ryan looking awful. I know people are kind of getting fed up with him. So people might be looking at that waiver wire and seeing who should I have my priority Herbert or Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater has a little bit easier of a schedule and I think he's just the better player right now. Not a rookie coming off 300 yards and two touchdowns last week. He had three touchdowns against the Cardinals. I think he's finally getting his footing here in a new system in Carolina. And I like Teddy Bridgewater as being maybe a top 13, top 12 option going forward the rest of the season. I'm going to do the opposite. Um, I'm going to take Justin. I like what he's rolling with. I like his win. Um, I like him. I don't know. There's no real reason for me to do Justin other than the fact that I like what he's doing with his team. And I just have a lot of faith in him. And Teddy's been burned in the past. I wish nothing for the best from Teddy, but he has just never been the same as I've seen maybe. But again, he's still doing great things. Either quarterback you'd pick right here, they're either going to be really good, but I'm going with Justin on this one. So we're going to go on another quarterback. I already know Brock's answer to this. So I don't even feel like I need to ask him, but Philip Rivers or Nick Foles? Yeah, these two probably aren't fantasy options, but I'm just looking at this as a broad scope. Uh, kind of like a couple of weeks ago, we said, who's the best quarterback right now, Russell or Mahomes, you'd honor on your team. After watching Rivers struggle last week, I'm not a Nick Foles fan at all, but Philip Rivers' arm is shot, and he still thinks like he can throw through defenders and has the arm strength to do so. Philip Rivers should not be a starting quarterback right now. I think he is done and washed up for sure. I'd actually take Nick Foles, and I think the Colts if, might need to think about starting Jacoby Brissett because they can win right now. They have the offensive line. They have the running game. They have the best defense in the NFL, but they might be screwed. I wonder – I knew Tom Brady and them with Tom Brady deflate against the Colts, Tom Brady knocking off the Colts a lot in the postseason, beating Peyton Manning. I knew Colts would be tough to get behind him coming in free agency. Uh, but it sounded like for Brady's wish list, one was the Niners, two was the Colts, three was the Buccaneers, and the Niners turned him away, and then the Colts said, no, we'll go with Phillip Rivers. And I think both of those franchises are regretting that because if Tom Brady was with either one of them, especially with the Colts, they would be maybe the best team in their conference. Uh, so I'd, I'll take Nick Foles. Phillip Rivers is done. Yep, I agree with you 110%. Rather have Nick Foles and Phillip Rivers. Big daddy Phillip Rivers, eight or nine or 10 or 12 kids. His arms can't take it. He's having too much kids pile on him. There's no way. Like, you can't do it. I'm not doing it. Phillip Rivers is out. Go be a dad somewhere else. Nick Foles. Can you see yourself daddy. having 12 kids, Marissa, if, if oh, you marry a Phillip Rivers? Oh my God. I think I, I think, I think I would be like, my tubes are done. Go get some fucking dogs. Like go adopt some dogs. If you want it, like I could just popping them out like a fucking Pez dispenser. Jeez. <laughs> so horrible, dude. Good for them. But like the, like I, I saw a tweet once. This was so funny. I saw a tweet and they said, are, are the rivers like making their own cult? Are they okay? Should someone go check on them? Yikes, that turn. <laughs> Anyways, this people maybe want to be in a call Ezekiel Elliott, I feel like. But Ezekiel Elliott or Alvin Kamara, rest of the season, this one is really hard because both teams are maybe struggling a little bit, um, especially Elliott's team with the Cowboys and them losing Dak. Uh, for me, though, I'm going rest of the season, 
Alvin Kamara. Love what he's doing. He is such an athlete. I think that obviously I'm not – Drew Brees is a great quarterback, and he's still there with them, and they have Alvin Kamara, and they've got all of these different components, and that's who I would take over the struggling Cowboys team and with them without Dak. Yeah, I think these are clearly the top two uh, fantasy running backs. So that's what I was interested to see who you thought maybe was the number one. I think Kamara is the number one in PPR. But if you're just in a standard league, I think Zeke Elliott is the guy uh, that's going to be the number one running back now with Andy Dalton in there. And they're just turn into a run and chug offense like they were when Zeke was a rookie. I see him possibly getting two touchdowns about every game the rest of the season. I think Zeke will end up being the number one fantasy running back when it's all said and done because of right. that injury. Absolutely. 110% agree, bro. I couldn't have said it better myself. You just so said we- Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that. I guess I'm in two rhetoric. I'm in two rhetorical classes. I must be a pr- pretty good at persuaded. Yeah, I just wanted to throw you off and see what you would do, and he caught me, guys. I wanted to see he's on his A-game today. Come on. Well, we got two people maybe potentially being on their A-game, too, as well. We got Todd Gurley, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm going to go, obviously, not obviously, but I'm going to go Todd Gurley on this one. Um, I liked what he did when he was with the Rams. I like liking what he's doing now, and um, the guy's just a component, and he's hard to – you may have not seen him a lot this year, but that still doesn't mean that he isn't the same guy that will bust out every chance he gets. So I'm going Todd Gurley. Who do you got? Yeah, Todd Gurley, five touchdowns in the first five games, coming off over 100 yards rushing this past week. Jonathan Taylor, he's looking good, but he's still splitting some carries with Himes and Phillip Rivers. led offense is really hampering him. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor just because I don't know now with the coaching change what the Falcons are going to look like. Uh, the Falcons are done. Obviously, 0-5, they're not going to make the playoffs. I wonder if there is a team that maybe that's going to make the postseason that might want to trade for Todd Gurley. I think that might impact if he stays with the Falcons. I definitely like Jonathan Taylor the rest of the season, I think. Hopefully, Philip Rivers can do a little bit better. And Taylor, I think he's just going to get more work and more work as the day goes on. He looks, the year goes on. He looks very good when he does receive the ball. So give me Jonathan Taylor the rest of the season. Okay, another guy that looks amazing when he gets the ball, Tyreek Hill or Mike Evans. I got to go. Like I said, he looks great when he gets the ball. He does amazing for my fantasy. Puts it where it's like if it's struggling and they lose, he's still a 15 point, 14 point, 13 point gain. Give me Tyreek Hill all the way. Yeah, both of these receivers are interesting enough are leading the league in touchdowns. They're just not getting as many yards as maybe people would like. I think Mike Evans, though, I like Mike Evans this year. I knew with Tom Brady coming there after him having – um, Randy Moss I thought that was kind of an interesting comparison I like Mike Evans I had him as my number two fantasy receiver coming into the year I think Tyreek Hill is just too little volatile Mike Evans is pretty much the goal line back in Tampa and I think he'll get some more receiving opportunities he was finished over 100 yards twice this year so give me Mike Evans the rest of the season over Tyreek Hill all right, well, there we go. So are you going to like fight with me on this one too? We got Robbie Anderson or TikTok God himself, Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Um, I'm a big TikTok fan, like with his little dances he does. So I'm going to go Juju Smith, not because of the TikTok dances, even though they're funny, just because he is doing really good with the Steelers right now. He always has. And he is one of those forces that, you know, is going to go good and pop off every chance he gets. Yeah, I'm disagreeing again all of a sudden. Come on! Robbie, Robbie Anderson's come out of nowhere. He's Teddy Bridgewater's number one target. He's had 99 yards or more in four of the five games, and he's had uh, eight catches, eight catches, five catches, nine catches, six catches. This guy is turning himself into a legit star that's coming under the radar because he's on the Panthers. I like Robbie Anderson the rest of the year, and I don't think this is just a crazy top – just five-week thing. I think he is the clear-cut Panthers number one receiver. And Juju going against the Eagles yesterday, he pissed off a lot of people, what, getting like 40 yards if that yesterday, even when Deontay Johnson went down on the Chase Claypool show. Obviously, don't drop Juju, but I definitely think Robbie Anderson is for real, and Juju Smith-Schuster is – I wonder if he's going to be a Steeler next year. I know they love him, but he's just not being productive this year after the two touchdowns in week one. It's all the TikTok he's doing. It's all that. He's going to become a creator. But anyways, last one we've got for this is Robert Tanyan or TJ Hawkinson. Um, not too familiar with either one of these players, but if I've got to go with a gut and side-by-side, side, I'm going to go Hawkinson. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, a first-round pick for the Lions. Tanya, on the other hand, wasn't highly sought after in the draft of the Packers. Uh was like a fan favorite. People liked him more than Jimmy Graham uh, when Jimmy Graham was there. He still didn't even start right away this year at tight end, but with an injury at the tight end position, he ended up being the starter. Now he's scored in three straight games, five touchdowns in the last three weeks. I don't expect three touchdown games every week like he did against the Falcons, but I do think he is a tight end number one. Matt Stafford still just doesn't look to that tight end position enough, and I think Tanyan has Rogers eye a little more than people may think. Give me Robert Tanya the rest of the year and be a top 10, maybe even a top, get into the top five territory of behind, obviously the top four, Waller, Kittle, Andrews, and Kelsey. Thanks for coming to this episode of Will Brock disagree with Marissa on every single topic? Hey, we agreed on Nick Foles. We okay, that's right. Foles. That's like literally like the only one. <laughs> but no that's okay we'll see who's right probably brock um on this next episode but yeah that's all for we got right now obviously you know the drill follow us on atg gridiron listen to this on all the platforms and we've got a very 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 special episode our first guest next episode on thursday super excited for this one brock how excited are you to have another girl on here use your magic Definitely Patriots uh, fan. I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm excited to pick her brand. She's supposed to be on today. However, with the Patriots supposed to be playing today, uh, we rescheduled a Thursday. And then, of course, yesterday the Patriots got postponed, um, so it didn't really matter. But she will be on Thursday's episode, and we'll talk a lot about the Patriots. But we'll also talk about uh, the Packers and Vikings, kind of the people around our area, too, to get an unbiased take of it. Maybe – See, so yeah, she even understands what Minnesota fans go through coming from Boston. Like, absolutely. The pain, the agony. Well, that she, I hope she, hopefully she doesn't understand because it, it makes me like, I'm not even hurt anymore because I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. Like there's nothing you can do, but there is one thing you couldn't do, not listen to this podcast. So please go out, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your co-workers, tell your dog to listen to this podcast. 
podcast and let's get it out there. But from all of us, the one and only Marissa Voss and Brock Aker, we wish you the best and tune in next week. See you guys.